This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. Public meetings for two controversial Quadra Island real estate developments have been deferred until next April because of concerns about meeting in person during a pandemic. The public meeting for the proposed Harbour Views development was to have occurred at the Quadra Island Community Centre on January 18th, and a meeting for Quadralink's rezoning proposal was to have occurred the following day. At the January 12th SRD board meeting, Quadra Island's regional director, Jim Abrams, said, I have two items of business that are very timely. We need to deal with them today at this meeting because we have uh, scheduled two public hearings in the next week. As the Galland Harbour proposal has already been waiting for years, Cortez Island Regional Director Noba Anderson said, I'd appreciate a staff comment on this. I, I just continue to be quite uncomfortable with delaying things for so long. I, I certainly hear the concerns around this need wanting to have a good in-person component to it, but we are government and we do need to move forward on these things. So I'm just asking from staff on the advisability of this and our ability to hold public hearings following all of the required protocol. And I don't know why April, why it wouldn't be sort of the, the earliest opportunity that that Omicron allows or something. I'm, I just don't like it. Senior manager Tom Yates replied. I'm not sure I can really debate the merits of the motion, just to say that these ad public hearings scheduled for bylaws 94-95 has been advertised for the public. I'm not sure we'll be able to get notice in the paper in time to advise that that is being uh, postponed and rescheduled. H having said that, it was the board's decision earlier to hold these public hearings in a particular fashion based on the public health requirements that the regional district would have to meet. And so that is the basis on which we proceeded with the arrangements to hold this hearing. But like I said earlier, the board needs to be aware that this has gone out to the public. And if the board chooses to pass this resolution, then we will do what we can to advise the public of the postponement. But I'm not sure that we are going to be able to be totally successful in doing that. I just wanted to say with regard to what Tom just said about notifying the public, uh, we do have a website, and I do have a Facebook site that will have this advertised after this meeting is over with, if it passes, and that will be spread to roughly 2,000 people. So it will get around very quickly today if uh, the board chooses. Regional Director Brenda Lee said, I agree with delaying this until the Omicron variant is becoming more clear to us as to the spread and the danger of it. And to correct Director Anderson's comment that this has dragged on a long time for the developer, it's the developer that dragged it on for 10 years and just recently reapplied. So I don't see why we have to react. We need to act uh, responsibly with regard to the health and safety of everyone. I only just got my booster shot on Sunday and, you know, I don't even know if it's going to be 100% effective by next week. So I'm totally in favor of protecting people. Mr. Shelnick's account of how the public meeting for his project came to be delayed for so many years will come later in this broadcast. As the two meetings were both on Quadra Island, only the four rural directors could vote, 
and they unanimously agreed to defer the meetings until next April. Quadra Island residents have expressed concerns about both projects, the increased density of housing, the impact these developments will have on Quadra Island's aquifer, cutting down more of Quadra Island's forest and destroying animal habitat, increased traffic on Quadra Island roads, longer waiting lines for the BC ferrying, which would impact Cortez as well as Quadra Island residents. Quadra Link's golf course initially ventured into the real estate market with a 17-lot strata subdivision called Furcrest Acres. Now the club is applying to have a portion of their property rezoned so they can develop a 30-spot RV park. In a recent article published by the Discovery Islander, Quadra Link's Board of Directors states, quote, The business plan is to link golf packages with those staying in the RV site. We anticipate the average stay will be three to five days. The RV site will be open seasonally when the golf course is open. Public play is normally May through September, weather-dependent. The proposal is for 30 RV sites, with the first 20 to be built in Phase 1 of the development. The five-acre site is parallel to Harriet Bay Road, just north of the entrance to the golf course. There will be a 10-meter fully forested setback from the road so that it will not be visible from Harriet Bay Road. The entire design and concept of the RV site is to ensure minimum impact to neighboring properties. Unquote. The club's board promises to have a full-time employee on site, responsible for managing the site and enforcing the rules, which will include a noise curfew. The other rezoning proposal comes from Galland Harbour, where Rick Schlenick has been trying to have his property rezoned for more than a decade. According to a 2021 SRD staff report, it's undergone a number of changes to address issues raised by the local electoral area director, Jim Abram. The most recent version of Shelnick's application was to develop 51 residential lots, a campground, marina, and two waterfront parks in Gowland Harbour. Shelnick addressed the SRD board last year. I'd like to thank the board for allowing me to speak to them today. My name is Rick Schelling. I was born and raised in the Comox Valley. I have a degree in forestry from the University of BC. I've worked in the forest industry for more than 48 years as an engineer, heavy equipment operator, and owner and operator of RJ timber products. He that was involved with silvicultural contracts, both with the government and private landholders. I'm also the owner of District Lot 208, which is the Gallon Harbor Use project that we're discussing. District Lot 208 is a 158-acre lot with 10,000 feet of waterfront that I acquired 20 years ago. 12 years ago, I began laying out the foundation for rezoning and OCP amendment applications for this property. This involved a considerable amount of field work and consulting contracts. These contracts included many aspects. The entire property was legally surveyed, locating all 69 pins so we could know exactly what we had. My surveyor developed multiple design plans. We drilled and tested four wells to establish relative volumes and quality of water. Along with researching neighboring wells, we established that water would be, not be an issue. We established perk areas throughout the property for sewage treatment. We had archaeological and geotechnical reports done. A vegetative management and environmental impact report was completed on the areas that were to be dedicated to the two waterfront parks. 
the storm water management plan was developed. A topographical map for the lot was done. We also had correspondence with the local First Nations. A year later, an application was filed and the regional district staff then sent out referrals. This was 11 years ago. Over the past 11 years, there have been numerous delays and setbacks. We have had three open houses on Quadrant and have used that feedback to revise our proposal. I have offered to meet with any individuals or groups to have a walkabout on the property or to discuss any of their concerns. We have had countless meetings in correspondence with the regional staff. We've had a number of meetings with Area Director Abrams, all with the intentions of fine-tuning this proposal and moving ahead. We were asked by the regional staff to hold off on our application while the village concept on Quadra was dealt with. This went on for three years. We were told in the first year that instead of on-site sewage treatment, that the proposal was contingent on us establishing sewer lines and hooking up to the local sewage system. We agreed to this at the time. The commitment from the regional district was not given until June 2019, 10 years later. Shortly after receiving the sewage hookup commitment from the regional staff engineer, we conducted another open house on Quadra. With the current feedback, we once again fine-tuned our proposal and tried to get staff to move ahead with a public hearing. This has been going on now for almost two years. At the last board meeting, regional district staff put forward an application to move this proposal to a public hearing. It was referred back to the Electoral Error Services Committee. I spoke as a delegate at this meeting held on February 10th, and I presented much of what I've just presented today. I feel the concerns and questions that some of the directors voiced were dealt with in my presentation and questions and answers session that followed. Also, Ministry of Transport is the agency responsible for what a lot of their concerns were. Water was mentioned. Not that there is a lack, but the problem of dealing with island health. This hurdle comes after the rezoning process, not before. Problems of the commercial lot were mentioned. This two hectare parcel borders the commercial zone property. After meeting with area director Abrams, we reduced the foreshore lease area to include only the viable dock area where there's over 11 feet of water at zero tide. The rest of the bay head is surrounded by one of the proposed parks, which will help preserve the sensitive ecosystem of the saltwater marsh. The proposed cabin sites were reduced. Access for this lot was an issue brought forward. This is the Ministry of Highways issue to deal with when we apply for access. The negative response for a coffee shop was mentioned. We tried to put forward a proposal that would encompass a unique setting here. 20 sites with a combination of small cabins, RV and tent sites, which are lacking on the west side of Quadra Island. A coffee shop concept was an idea that seemed to fit. It was mentioned how coffee shops in the area are struggling. I doubt that we would move ahead with creating one unless the economics were right. Users of the RV site becoming long-term was also a concern. Temporary stays were set at two weeks, and it is my understanding that this will be in the master development plan. I understand that the COVID has made things difficult over the last year and a bit, but zoning changes are moving ahead in other jurisdictions and this district too. The fact of the matter is that we don't know when things will get better and back to what we consider normal. To delay our application once again while others move forward seems wrong to me. 
I ask the board through the chair to allow this process to move forward. One of the concerns the Quadra Island residents have about both the Gowland Harbour and Quadralink's proposal is the potential impact upon the island's aquifer. Cortes Currents recently discussed this in an interview with members of the Quadra ICANN water security team. Mike Gall said, We do have some major developments on the books with the Strathmona Regional District for some very large developments that are shrinking the size of each of our properties, not our properties, but the properties that are allowed to be developed normally on Quadra, that have great potential for causing a change in the aquifer or amount of water. Not the least of which is as you add every additional house, there's further drains on that aquifer system as they input wells. So it's something we need to understand before we overdevelop too quickly and get ourselves into real hot water. Do you have the data to tell how a large development would impact the aquifer? Chris Wellstein replied, We do know that the one test well we have is going down. We do know that people we talk to who have shallow wells are experiencing less volume of water accessible to them during the summers. We do know that there is a change happening on this island, whether we can scientifically back that up yet or not, we do know there's a change happening. So when we're looking at developments like Shellinick going in or any of the others, oh my goodness, it does feel like we're abusing a system that we don't yet understand, that already we, we're going past a line that we should not be testing right now. To which Bernie Amell added, Rather than focusing on just the potential negative effects, there is a concept that's emerged in the past 10 years or so in stormwater management, which is called natural water balance. You look at what the natural system, the ecosystem of the land has developed in response to a particular kind of water cycle and say, okay, there are tools to allow development to occur while respecting the natural water balance, cleaning the water up, restoring wetlands like you've done in Cortez, biofiltration so that the, the water is good and clean before you put it in, that sort of thing. So there isn't just a negative side to this. There's also a positive opportunity side to this understanding, if you like, with always holding the health of the ecosystem as the kind of highest objective. We could be advocating, and I, I want to say this you now my personal opinion, for concentrated developments rather than you know anything that we've debated and agreed to. We should be advocating for a natural water balance approach and that the engineering should be done. It's just part of the precautionary principle. We know that there are other shallow soil areas where that kind of development has caused big trouble. Rather than waiting for the big trouble to occur, we should be saying to anybody advocating something that we, okay, you have to maintain the natural water cycle on your land. This is something that's done, for example, in the entire state of Florida, because they're trying to keep the salt aquifer down. They've been doing it for 20 years. So it's not an unknown thing. You know, it's You've got to pay attention to the interaction of the development 
end the aquifers. It's, or else you've got a, a nightmare if you try to solve the problem after it's occurred. That's only one of the many concerns about these proposals. In a letter to the SRD board, Quadra Island resident Claire Heffernan points out that the Quadra Links proposal could add as many as 1,200 cars to the BC ferry lineup during the busiest months of the year. Her estimate does not include traffic from the Gowland Harbour Views project. In April 2021, Michael Stanke was one of four Quadra Island residents that asked the SRD to delay a public hearing on the Shelnick proposal until it could be held in person. Public hearings on Quadra Island are often attended by more than 200 people. An in-person public hearing for this proposal would be one of those. Many people on our island don't have cell phones and they don't have computers, they don't text and they don't Skype, but they attend public hearings and sometimes they stand at the microphone. They have an interest in property and they have the right to be heard. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.